Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Varro, and with me tonight, Luis and Melissa. What's up, guys? What's going on, guys? Hi there. Um, we finally have uh, something to celebrate on both ends, right? I'm not sure yeah, if I'm on a celebrity. Both ends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Liguilla and Liguilla, right? I guess, yeah. We should be happy about that, the fact that both, I... uh, both uh, the men and women made it. Yeah, but I think long enough. <laughs> I think for the first time all season, the the men's side is finally the good side of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't it only know. took us all year. <laughs> it More took all like season. three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fi- the five year drought is over. The, the what, what was the five seasons or whatever it was? Drought. The drought is over for the men, and then you know the women kind of ended their season on a on a rough uh, note. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in Liguilla. I mean, that's kind of like the, it's the 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 suffering, but also like the fun part of Liguilla is that anything can happen. So for for the good or for the bad. Yeah, and I think for I think for the for us in the game yesterday, um, or if you guys are hearing this on Monday, the game the game two days ago, yeah, I mean, it's what we expected. We expected a win from Chivas, so it feels good. It feels good to be able to celebrate it. Yeah, I think last last part we started off with the uh, the men's team, so I think this week we can start off. With the women's team, um, last time we recorded, Chivas was going to play. They were going to play America, and they were going to play Tigres to finish to finish their season off. And um, you know, we were optimistic, Melissa. We were saying, you know, Chivas still has a chance to finish first, and Alicia Cervantes still had a shot at ending at winning the Golden Boot. But um, last Wednesday was kind of a terrible day for Chivas all around for the men and the women. Um, Alexis Vega got hurt with the national team. Shorty Mejia tested positive for Corona, uh, for COVID nineteen, and then Licha Cervantes wasn't even on the on the game day lineup. I think because she had a she had a knee injury, so it kind of all went south that day. I'm blaming Angelica Fuentes for this. I think that she's starting <laughs> to do something to to the club again because this is like just like really bad timing, but. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it looks like there's some kind of course when we are playing America because weird things keep happening. Like the last time they had faced each other was the day that, that Jorge Vergara passed away. So I don't know what's happening there. I mean, is someone throwing a curse at the at the team or the club or or what what's happening there? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very weird. Uh, I I said Wednesday. It was actually it all happened on Monday, I think. Because um, I remember I went I went to the gym and then. As I'm leaving the gym, you know, I just take out my phone and start, start scrolling through Twitter and all I see is like bad Chivas moves. I was like, what the hell just happened in the past, in the past two hours? Like it all just went downhill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are not the kinds of situations that you want to, to have like so close to Liguilla. But I mean, it was, we were all, all saying that it was going to be a test for Chivas, but it just got like extra hard. On the in terms of testing the team and I mean I don't know I mean hopefully this is just setting them up for a uh, for a very good like vindication narrative because the last two matches were really really bad I mean I think that overall the the, the biggest struggle for the team and I was mentioning this in Twitter I mean their biggest enemy right now is their own heads I mean they're clearly lacking confidence and I mean of course like getting this string of bad news, like losing your head coach to, to COVID and then 
losing your your top scorer i mean that that of course is going to to wait on you and that's kind of going to to change things going forward i mean hopefully Nietzsche is expected to be back for the for the first leg of the liguilla and then Chore is expected to be back for the second leg so hopefully that that will boost him a bit but i mean we haven't gotten like officially the confirmation of, of whether Nietzsche is going to be available or not And I've kind of been hearing conflicting reports because first they said it was the knee and then they said it was the ankle. So I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, um, the the day of the Clásico, I think the broadcasters have said it was a, a knee injury, right? That was keeping her out and they, they were just playing it safe by not playing her. But yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard about the that. I hadn't heard about the ankle injury. So that now I'm worried, too. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I'm kind of, like, more inclined to, to believe the Chivas TV broadcast because, like, the, the guy who reported that was Javier Quesada, and he's, like, the one who works, oh, like, okay. every day with the team. So so I kind of, like, trust his version more than any other, like, journalists or, or any other person. So, yeah, I mean, and we even saw, like, Licha post on her social media that she was getting, like, her knee iced. So I think it's probably the knee. Yeah, I hope, I hope that's all it is, but... um. Let's start. Let's start talking about. We can talk about the uh, the Clásico Nacional Femenil first. Um, you know, Chivas lost two one, but I think you know we were talking about how a lot of people are down right now on the team because of the way they ended their season. But you know, we're talking off air, and I think we both can agree that Chivas created chances early in that game, and if they could have put one away, you know, it could have been a completely different game and not uh maybe not have gone down the road it went. Yeah, I mean, I know that we were like maybe saying that America was kind of maybe a bit weaker because of their their like injured players and stuff. Mm -hmm. But also like it was going to come down to to whether Leo Cuellar was going to be able to set up his team in a way that could neutralize Chivas. And I mean, he also so showed like how much experience he has because the way he set up the team, like they were able to to like really really lock Chivas and. Like, uh, they had a few chances, but also, I mean, partly, like, the mental aspect of maybe everything that's happened before, and also the way that he set up the, the team to, like, be be really able to effectively, like, stop Chivas, kind of, like, started waiting, waiting down on them, and, like, maybe started to, to like, wear them down a little bit in terms of, of their, they're trying, but they're not able to, to like, finish their plays and, and anything. Yeah, and, and I think the, the America goals, too, came more from i think i want to say chivas mistakes than maybe america actually creating the plays and and creating the goals for themselves i know the first the first goal was kind of um some people will say it was all on blanca and then but you know if you look at the defending in the box you can also blame that and then the second goal um could also be a chivas mistake yeah i mean And like we all know, Daniel Espinosa is the kind of player who gets one chance and converts it. So she's always like very dangerous. And like no matter how badly America is doing, like she's that that reliable and like she has that much talent that she can turn like the match around pretty much by by herself. But I mean, also like I think that that their goalkeeper, which we were also mentioning, that Renata Masciarelli could be a factor there. I think that she also had like a very good night too. Whenever she was she was like called to to do something too. Yeah, it it just wasn't Chivas's night and um you know, but I think especially now that we know that we're gonna play them in the Liguilla this week, I think Chivas, you know, can 
rewatch that game and le- and learn a lot from it. I think so. It's not all negative. Yeah, I mean, we we were mentioning like if they if they're going to lose the last two matches, like at least let it become like a like a learning experience. And I mean, I don't think that things can get like a lot much worse for them in terms of like everything that happened with Jordan Leach and everything. So hopefully they'll they'll take it as as motivation because I mean as we have been saying like it looks like their struggle is mostly mental now. So like they really need to work on that. Like as as much as they need to work on defending set pieces or anything they need to do, like working on the mental aspect is something that definitely needs needs to be looked on because they need to like really shake off that mentality because I really believe that that there's enough talent in this team, like even without Licha, even without Chore, to be able to pull off a, a good result against America. Yeah, I think, you know, Shorty's absence and then um, Licha's absence are, are huge factors when looking at this game. So I think if both can be back, it'll be it'll be huge for Chivas. And I, I think it'll be completely different. Yeah, even, even if Licha didn't play all of the of the matches... Like I was just finishing like the final like season stats for the team, and like she still scored like almost thirty percent of all the goals. So you're you're playing already with one third less of the goals you you would expect to to score. So that's like a huge blow for the team. Like as much as as they're in and, and like uh, we were saying like a lot of the injuries were on our like attacking options. Like Yashira had just come back from an injury, and Evelyn hasn't come back from an injury. So, like, basically the only options we have are, are, like, Annette Vasquez, who I think has been doing well. And, like, she has been really trying to pick up the team whenever she's she's subbed in. And we have uh, Lupita Velasquez, who has never really had, like, a ton of minutes. So, I think there's also, like, that kind of unreliability in terms of having, like a like, a real option of a player who can come in and score goals. So, I think it's also been kind of unlucky in a way. That like the second and third option for for like strikers, they have been injured. So I mean that's kind of like stuff that happens, and you you never know when it's going to to happen for you. But that's also kind of like they they've had to learn how to figure things out without like that depth on that position. Yeah, for the for the for the Tigres game, we got um Yashira back, but you know you could tell she was kind of kind of rusty from almost a month off the off the field because of injuries yeah i mean it's kind of like a, a gamble that didn't pay off but i'm still glad that they tried to to bring her in because i mean just like on, on sheer talent like i know that if, even if her timing's off i know that she's like a player that can come in and like create chances and like she did have one and, and failed one but i mean that's kind of like it was a possibility but but yeah i mean I, i'm glad that she's back on the bench and that she's back as an available player, but I mean, it just didn't work out, and that's kind of bad. But hopefully, that now that she's going to have maybe some extra time to to train with the team, she'll be able to pick up a little bit. Yeah, it was it was interesting that she came back, but um, I for me, I didn't think she really stood out. I think, and then I was actually more impressed by uh, Norma in the second half of that game. I thought she did a really good job, like with hold up play and kind of picking up the pace for the Chivas attack, um, passing the ball maybe a little more faster than some of the Chivas players had been doing in the first half. So I think 
there are positive notes to take from I think both the America and the theater's losses. Like it's not all bad. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe that's kind of like the lack of of Chore showed up a little bit. Like maybe if he had been there, he would have said maybe at thirty minutes in, okay. I mean, Yashira's not working. I'll, I'll try to bring Norma in so that she can have like the final fifteen. Yeah. Of the first half and then come in and and on the second. So I think those are also like the the little details where you kind of see that you really need like Chore's hand in the team. And also, I mean, like overall, like the worrisome part for me is that there's kind of like a lack of of leadership on the field because I mean, Patolfaro like. I mean, he's been trying like his best, and he's obviously put in a in a very tough situation to be in. But I mean, I kind of feel like maybe he's kind of he still needs to grow up a bit as a coach to kind of have like that personality to inspire and confidence on his players, because we were seeing and and we were commenting this before we started recording. Like there was a play where Chivas had a throw in, and he he took the ball and he kind of took his time to give it to the, to his player and Chivas was already losing and like as a coach you kind of want to use that time to to maybe give them instructions or motivation or whatever and he wasn't doing it so i mean it's kind of like thinking how much of a of a handicap it can be for the team to you're you're already coming in with a, your head coach and yeah i mean probably Chori is preparing like the matches and and he's like giving instructions on what to do but still being there, like it, you can't really substitute that. So that's like from the coaching side of things. And like on the pitch, and that's something that I have been mentioning also. I mean, I think that Blanca's problem right now is that she has like a huge mental block. She's too nervous. She's trying to rush plays. And I mean, I don't know what, what's happening. Like if this, this is like an off the pitch situation, family, personal or whatever. But I mean, I think that also like, maybe like taking off the captain role of her that could help her because it wouldn't like it's it wouldn't mean that they are not trusting her but maybe just like helping to to ease off the stress a little bit like if she's not comfortable maybe stepping into a leadership role right now and i mean they had mentioned on the broadcast before like they appointed nine captains so maybe it's a good time to to give it to someone else and also i mean as a goalkeeper you're kind of tied down a bit in terms of how much you can go and pressure the refs and try and do like little things like that that can help the team so maybe using like a, a field player for the captain role I think that it could it could work on, on those two, two things like you have someone who can handle the refs and then you are taking off that pressure from Blanca and what I've been seeing is that Nicole Perez seems to be like really stepping on that leadership role which she, she has done before, like in 2019 on the, on the, the team's worst season. She was the one who would always like try and motivate everyone to, to do better. And she was the one scoring the goals and everything. And like at the halftime during the Tigres match, I was able to, to catch her. Like she was trying to rally everyone around uh, before they went to the locker room and trying to talk to them. And I mean, she, even though she's like young, she's, had the experience with the role I mean she captained the team to to a World Cup final so I think that maybe it could be a good time to let her like step into that role and and like try and see if maybe she can she can bring it that that leadership because the other option I think would be maybe Caro Jaramillo but my worry with her is that 
she can get too intense and like she can get into fights. So I mean, you want the captain that steps in to to break everyone off and not to start those fights. So yeah, I mean, I think that maybe it's time to to try Nicole Perez uh, as the captain for the team right now heading into Liguilla. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Caro Jaramillo could get the ban, but at the same time, she she's a, she can be a hothead at times and. I think I I even think during the what was it the the theaters game or the America game she got a yellow, and um, even after that she was still arguing with the ref a lot, getting in players' faces, so she could be potentially sent off. So I that that wouldn't be like the best the best player Except to put the like band on. <laughs> yeah, they'll make her the captain, I guess. But yeah, Nicole Perez would be would be a good choice because um like you said she has the experience from the from the World Cup. You know they went to the the final and like she steps up when like pk she steps up she takes them she buries them almost every time so i think she'd be she'd be a good player to to get the band just to get the band off i think uh, blanca because because like you said she can't pressure the the ref into making decisions or calling plays in chivas's favor when she's all the way on the other side of the field and when she does run out she has to run like back really fast and that could also cause like a like a quick play goal or something from the other from the opposition, but there's one more player, Melissa. I think I'm a little worried about going to Liguilla, and uh, it's probably Michelle Gonzalez. I feel like she was really shaky during the theaters match, and then she gave up the the PK against America. Yeah, I mean she's been performing really well overall during the whole season. But Clásicos hit different and then like Liguillas hit different and like there are some players who can handle like a full season and be at their best and then when it comes to these like high pressure matches they kind of can melt so yeah. I mean I think that this is where maybe the lack of game or, or the lack of matches on, on her because of the year she was off with an injury those might be weighing in on her. Like, she kind of lost that, that experience of being on, like, really intense and pressure matches. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this would be, like, a good time for, for Janelli maybe to come in, hopefully, because I don't know if she's... I mean, she's already training with the team, but I don't know, like, how close to, to 100% she can be. Because just, like, of the sheer level of experience on on national team, and, and she also has, like, a previous league with Chivas, so I think that maybe that kind of leadership could be like really helpful for the team because the other options are like it's either Michelle Gonzalez or it's Kimberly Guzman. I mean Kimberly Guzman she she's had like her share of, of games and stuff, but she's also like very young still. So I don't know how how good like of an option it could be because it could go really well and she can she could really like step in and take over that. But also if it goes badly, I mean you could be messing up a very young player. Like with asking her to do like too much on a high stakes like scenario, and that's also kind of the case with Blanca too, because I've been getting like a lot of people saying on my mentions they should bench her, they should bench her, but then you look at the bench and you're thinking, yeah, but you're going to throw in Celeste Espino, who they have been trying to ease in, and who yeah. is just like 17. I mean, are you going to really throw her like kind of under the bus and ask her to cover up a Liguilla game? No so, way. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I understand why people can be maybe a little bit irked at Blanca, but just like benching her to spite her, like it would make things worse. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of like a tricky situation to be in, but like hopefully 
the coaching staff will take the best decisions because I mean at the end they are the ones who are inside and they know like which players feeling confident enough to handle this. But yeah, I mean I think those are kind of like two potential problems and, and yeah, I mean I agree. I think that Michel Gonzalez has been like quite shaky on their last two games. Yeah, during the season I think she played great, but for some reason the last two games she was just like really shaky and you might be right, it might be the pressure of, of big uh big stakes uh on these games so maybe mentally she can't handle the pressure but i mean hopefully she'll be okay for the classical coming up in the liguilla and then you know for the people saying to bench blanca just go back and look at the stop she made and against america in the liguilla what was was it the championship season melissa where she just had like an amazing games at azteca yeah she came in she started the season as the third goalkeeper. Yeah. And then she had to step in for, for the last few matches in Liguilla, and then that's when she delivered. So, I mean, I hope that she can, like, regain her confidence because they're really going to need her, like, at her best version. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I hope that they play at the Azteca because I think that playing in, like, in stadium suits her a lot better than if they would play, like, for example, at Cuapa, which they have been playing all season. So, Hopefully also, like, America steps up and they allow the, the women's team to play in the stadium for Liguilla. Yeah, I think it's also, I just think it's, it's like an experience playing at Azteca. I know it's America Stadium, but even, you know, if you're a Mexican national team player or even a player from another country that comes to play Mexico, like, playing in the Azteca is supposed to be, like, one of the biggest, like, uh, experiences a soccer player can have. So I think they should definitely try to get them to play at Azteca. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they will because, yeah, I mean, it could also be like giving like this game like the importance, even though there are not any fans on the stands. Yeah. But it's also kind of like saying, okay, like this matters enough that we want to have it on the biggest stage that we have. Yeah, because I mean, obviously the stadium is still going to be up to, it's going to be, um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like up to par because the men are also going to have to play there. So, you know, the excuse could be like, oh, we close the stadium down because the men aren't playing or whatever, but both teams are still in it, so there's really like no excuse. Even though Chiba should take that note, because I feel like uh, Akron's in pretty bad shape recently. Like the field hasn't been uh, up to par for the for the women or the men. Yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see like what decision like Chivas also makes because they're of course going to be thinking about how many matches they could potentially have in a week uh, on the pitch. Yeah, I think. The first leg for the men is scheduled either Wednesday or Thursday. And then the women's home game would be on Monday. So they'll they'll have like a couple of days for the field to, to fix the field up. So I think they should be okay. I don't think they would send the women to Verde Valle for the, uh, for the Liguilla. Or at least I would hope not because I feel like all the work that Amaury does with the women's team would just go down the drain if he did that. Yeah, nah, he's committed. Thing. He's yeah. committed to the girls team. That'd be messed up. I, I don't see yeah, that happening. I can't yeah. see that. <laughs> but I think I'm he's Melissa. more committed to the girls' team than the men's team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you What do you guys think for uh, predictions for Liguilla for the women's side? I didn't watch the the uh, Clásico the other day. I ended up, no, I think I turned by the time I turned it on, America was winning, and I didn't want to watch anymore, especially because Licha <laughs> wasn't playing. So yeah. I didn't want to watch anymore. <laughs> but, so I'm hoping Chivas with Licha in the starting lineup, it's a whole different game. Yeah, I think. You know, those early chances that Chivas created, I just feel like if Licha's there, she helps finish them or 
she just draws the defenders away from Jocelyn Montoya where she can actually take advantage of the chances she was creating. So I, I think she was going to be okay. Um, maybe like a 2-1 aggregate or something in Chivas' way. Do they go through on a draw? Wait, who finished higher? Uh, Chivas finished in oh, fourth. Okay. They go. They go through if they tie, or they go to extra, like penalties and extra time. Um, Melissa. No, I think. Yeah, I think they go through if, if they tie. Okay. Yeah, can can't exactly remember, or I don't know if they have like changed anything, but yeah, I think that they should be like okay on a on a tie because yeah, they they finished on fourth, and America was fifth. Did Did All they right. have away goals? Let me check the the rules because the rules. they're I'm right here on the on the website. Yeah, I hate I, I hate I will say like rules. Melissa was right when she said earlier what seems to be their biggest weakness is that they're their own worst enemy. And I I've seen that at times from Licha Cervantes as well. Uh the game against Atlas, she seemed ner- she seemed like a little bit nervous and stuff like that. So hopefully she doesn't have those nerves going into the into the Liga. Yeah, yeah, I hope they all go to the same sports like <laughs> right now. I think I think yeah. it's good for her to kind of come into this fresh and like her first Liguilla with Chivas, and you know she's talked about how much she wants to win the championship with Chivas. So I think she, I think she'll be okay. Yeah, and I will say, um, from what I have watched, a little, a little bit I have watched these past few weeks. Um, when the season started out, we all watched because of Licha and Maria. Well, not you guys. You guys were watching before, but everyone who was new started watching with the Licha and Maria, like the hype train. But Nicole Perez has become my favorite player. Yeah, like her vision, her passing. I just love the way she plays. Yeah, like throughout yeah. the season, it went from like, like it focused on two players, and now it's like that's what I liked about the season overall. Like you saw the growth of the team. First, it was like just Maria Sanchez and Micha, but then you know Nicole came into her own. Uh, Jaramillo came into her own. Blanca, the defense was playing well. Like you, I kind of, I feel like I kind of watched the team progress, and then the wall they hit in these last two games. That's why I'm not too worried. It's like you've seen the. Pro- We've seen the progression of the team. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, and for me, like, the most underrated player in the season has been Jacqueline Rodriguez, the, the right back. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I've even also been seeing, like, comments of people asking for her to, to get benched. But I'm like, why are you watching? Like, we're not watching the same games, guys. Because, I mean, she had, like, four assists and, like, all the times that she said she was, like, right on the line. So I think that she had like a very solid season on defense and on offense, but I feel like she hasn't been getting like her her props because I mean she's surrounded by like everybody else also having like a fantastic season. So yeah, for me like she's like the most underrated player right now for Chivas. Okay, so I'm looking at the at the rules and it says Okay, so for quarterfinals, I mean of course first is who scores more goals, but then it says if there is a draw in the name of, in the number of goals, the position will be defined in favor of the club who has scored the highest amount of goals as an away team. Oh, so they have the kind away of goal. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they have away, away goal. Home. And then, yeah. if that's still the draw, then yeah, it's like uh, the higher table. Yeah, higher yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that they kind of have like that that advantage. So hopefully they can get in a few goals at at the first leg, and that can yeah. also like boost them a little bit. Damn, I hate I hate that rule because if if you're the first leg, you can play to a nil nil tie, and then you know just try to 
score one goal and you can go you can you'll go through with a one one tie. Like I, I hate I hate the away goal rule. When it doesn't favor my team, but when it does <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> well yes, I still I still go with I think like a two one aggregate over these next two games for Chivas against America. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a tight one, but I mean if if Licha comes back then that's obviously going to, to improve Chivas chances. But yeah, I mean, the, the biggest hurdle is like the mental one. So if they come out on the pitch, like thinking that they can pull this off, they are probably going to. Yep. All right. So we'll see what happens on the Chivas Vanille side. The first game will be on Friday night, did we say, Melissa? I think we said, yeah, they haven't yeah, given Friday. the hours yet. Mm-hmm. The, those are going to be off on Tuesday. And yeah, I mean, the, the assigned days are Friday and Monday. So it should be a Friday at Mexico City. We still don't know if it's going to be Cuapa or the Azteca. And then the second leg, it's on Monday. And that's like very probably going to be at the Akron. Yep. All right. So hopefully Chivas wins there. Wait, do we know a time for the home game or not yet? No, not yet. No, but Tuesday, they're going to to like give like the full hours and everything. All right. All right. So now I guess we can talk about the the men's team who surprisingly did not let us down. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, everyone on my timeline was like, "I'm ready. I'm ready for the disappointment." <laughs> Except for Baro because he was like sacrificing the rest of his team. Yeah, so he sacrificed Arsenal. He sacrificed. Arsenal didn't win. Who else lost? NYCFC. The women's team. The women's, the women's team. team. He that, sacrificed. That I didn't everybody. want to sacrifice. I'm pretty so sure he like... sacrificed Rigo and Flo. That's why. And that's why they don't do the podcast no more. <laughs> I, I really thought it was going to be a draw, like a 1-1 draw, and then it was going to go to PKs. That's nah, what I was convinced. I, I was convinced. With, nah, I wasn't co- Well, yeah, I was convinced we would win. I don't know why. Like, I have this thing when I see certain teams, I just don't respect them. They could go undefeated. And if it's like Puebla, I wouldn't respect them. I'm like, nah, we, we're going to win them. And, I, and that's how I felt about this Nakaxa game. Well, it wasn't the stat before, I think, was... That we never beat Nakaxa in the Liguilla or anything. Like in knockout games, we never beat them. See, I don't respect so that was, I was a little worried. I was like, hmm. Yeah, but it's 2020, so <laughs> everything's flipped now. Every, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then everything's reversed. It's funny, Luis, because I remember on the last pod, we talked about how Nakaxa was on, on a five game winning streak, but they hadn't really beat anybody tough in those five games. So we called them fraud, and uh, that's what they were. <laughs> no, they were. They were super frauds man i didn't obviously we didn't watch those games that they won but they didn't they didn't play like a team that even deserved to be in the playoffs to be honest yeah I mean, it everybody wasn't, was just for worried. 10 minutes <laughs> everybody was worried about sendejas doing delay the leg and i was like why are you worried about sendejas if we have two necaxa former yeah. necaxa players i mean we have the do- <laughs> double delay the leg potential there i mean why are you guys worried about that for real yeah <laughs> I, and I, it came out i forgot that jair pereira was there so that kind me of balanced too. out the lay the Lex uh, factor. And Zendaya me and too. And then Were you happy when you saw him, though? I was happy when I saw him in the lineup. Freya I... would never do that to Chivas. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm saying I was... Himself, so. That's true. <laughs> One, he wouldn't score. And two, I'm like, yes, he's washed up already. I'm like, I... we have the speed to beat him. But he, he actually played decent, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but when he picked up that injury, I was like, oh, I guess he still made a glass. Cause yeah. That was always his problem with us, too. His hamstring would get hurt. And he'd be out for a while. Zendejas, like, if you told me at halftime, like, if I didn't look at the starting lineup and told me at halftime that he was playing, I wouldn't even know. Wait, he played? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I kind of like was like doing something else and I kind of was just like listening to, to the game and looking once in a while at the tweets. But yeah, I mean, I didn't know that he he did play there. I think he got he got subbed off. He started and got subbed yeah, out. I, got half. Subbed I don't know if a half or like a few minutes since a half. But yeah, he got subbed off. It's because they weren't doing that. They weren't doing anything offensively in the first half. Chivas played an excellent first half. Outside outside of scoring and a little bit of their finishing, they they played the first half was pretty pretty good first half. One of the better first halves we had all season. But but wasn't that first half feeling like a classic Chivas loss? Like. Played well, and then you know Nekaxa would just get to finish him on the counter and sit back for the rest of the game. That's what of I course. thought was going to happen. <laughs> and and that's and honestly, that's what that was probably the big the biggest worry going into halftime was like I was worried that Chivas would start to feel the pressure of okay, we need to score so it doesn't go to penalties. And um, so yeah, I, I was that's, I was worried about that. I was worried about. But then when you saw the first half, like they literally didn't do anything. <laughs> Gudinho didn't like, have a save till like late in the second half. Yeah, he had the one with his face. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first one. That's the only one. That's one of the ones I remember. I don't know if he had more. Yeah, that's. I was always worried about. Like, damn, we can't score. Like, are they gonna get lucky on a corner kick? Because they have some pretty tall strikers. Like, can they get lucky, a free kick or something like that? Like, don't make no stupid fouls in stupid places. So, but nah, I mean, the, the first half was pretty well. But I was worried. I felt I, I tweeted out that I felt like a FIFA game. I'm like, oh, they're gonna lose it. And Chela did really well too. Yes. Like uh, people kind of like brushed him off a lot, but he did really well. Nah, he did. Yeah, he did. I think he he I think he played the position. Probably, I think you've been saying this, Varo, that he, he that he fits perfectly into like the role of what Chivas needs. Like he can hold up the ball, make little passes here and there, and um, no, nah, he. And he he looked like he came out wanting to like prove to everyone that hey I can play, like I'm not here for no reason. Yeah, I, I call I called it in the in the CDN Discord. I was like, Cello's gonna he's gonna feed somebody for a goal tonight because that's that's I think what he's supposed to do. Like, yeah, he's not like the most like talented on the ball, I guess, dribbling and getting a shot off. But what he does really well, he he knows he can do really well. Like that hold up play on the on the goal and then you know that last minute that last second pass to Angulo and then, I mean Angulo also with the step over or whatever he did that got the ball to his right leg yeah but that was that was Cello man like Cello created that yeah he, he's like one of those players you know the saying like a, a man with many skills but a master of none it's not like <laughs> he's not good at one thing he's not great at one thing like Macias has this excellent shot it's excellent nah he's Cello's like really like decent in all these areas so he can have these little moments of, of brilliance and stuff like that. So I wasn't too worried with him starting. Like, I would have been more worried if Odita started. Yeah, that would have been a waste of a starting spot. But I got to say, what's it called? Because, for example, players that we've criticized all season, well, like I've criticized, you know, these are your favorite players of all time. Ponce, <laughs> Ponce Molina. Like, nah, man, they had, they had a good first half, man. I actually didn't really want to see many changes. I would have subbed out Ponce just because I didn't think Nikaxa was attacking, so I would have rather put in Chicote who can attack better. But I can't. You can't complain about anybody in that first half. Uh, Antuna, Antuna's. Oh, you can criticize Antuna maybe yeah, in the final third, making that. and finishing. But his speed, he was still dangerous, still keeping the the defense on their feet. Angulo's all over the place, man. I tweeted out that he kind of reminds me a little bit of of um, Conejito in his prime. Uh, how he's just everywhere, man. He's just so active on the ball. 
looking always to attack, always looking to shift in and out of position and stuff like that. So he had an excellent game also. Yeah, I think Antuna, my critique of him was he kind of hesitated when it came to shooting. Yeah. Kind of like dribble. He kind of dribbled the ball one like one too many times every every play he had because we were create. He was creating a bunch of a bunch of chances, but he would always take that extra unnecessary dribble, and I think that cost a couple of uh, opportunities for Chivas. But but his speed, man, like he 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 knows how to exploit it, and you know I think who was it? I think Antuna no Angulo cut him. I think one time, like the goalie got to the ball right before Antuna got to it. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who fed him. But, but those runs he can make are like, if you can get him the ball, then Antuna can definitely score him. Because that's how he scores the way to Mexico. Like, yeah. they, they catch him in stride and he finishes him. Not not like, not like the cleanest finishes, but <laughs> they end up in the back of the net. I think I think uh, going forward, the biggest thing for Chivas and Antuna is how do we, how do they not make this like, uh, not too obvious, right? Let's have to yeah. feed Antuna every single play. Nah, let's, let's, Let's get him the ball within like the rhythm of the game, like passing the ball to Angulo, getting it to Brizuela, getting it to Alexis Vega when he's back, and then when like the defense least expects it, find Antuna. But if you're constantly, there was I forgot what game it was earlier. It was like they were just trying to feed Antuna way too much. Every single play was down Antuna's side, down Antuna. You can't do that. It's better if just natural, just part of the flow of the game. Oh, and what's it called? Had an excellent. Hernández Beltran, he's back, bro. Yeah, he's back to being himself. He showed it yesterday, man. He was getting bad passes that he was controlling masterfully, like that, beautifully on the ball, man. That gif I tweeted out where Molina just kind of tried to clear pass, like it was like a clearance pass, and Beltran was like, he, he could have fucked it up, and it it wouldn't have been his fault. But he he just like chested down, puts his body into the ball, and like just spins out and makes a clean pass to Angulo. And I was like, why? Why was he? Why did Busetich bench him for so long? Like, I know he's saying COVID, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, Beltran should have been out there every every game. Yeah, and he it was contract COVID. That's what. <laughs> yeah, did, did we talk about that on the pod? I, I think we did, right? The rumor what? that that he had like a bunch of clauses in his. He was on his initial contract. Oh yeah, we did contract. talk about that. We yeah, did, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yo, I will say, how come they never pass him the ball good? It's always like these terrible passes <laughs> that they, they rely know. on him to like control. <laughs> they know he he'll bail them out. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else happened? Um. Gudinho didn't have to do much, but um. That 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 uh the goalie header he blocked, even though it wouldn't have counted that Wait, why to make that counted? block because it was it was offside. The goalie was. I'm not bugging. Yeah, but it was um. I think he was played right back end. back into the box and oh, the, okay. the Nekaxa player that headed it back to the goalie, he was offside. So if that oh. header would have went in, it wouldn't have counted. But that was like a what what do they call it? Micro infarct moment. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was like, bro, what I don't the know hell? how he got his hands on that, man. That was incredible. Yeah, he like Yeah, and even if it doesn't count, like that gives him the confidence to say, Okay, I can make these kind of saves. Oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. I mean, we talked about, I think we said it last week, like, he's like he's had a pretty, since he's taken over the starting role, he's had a pretty good, a good, what's it called, good few games at starter. So he's doing a good job. He just needs to continue it. Like, no no mistakes. no None of those mistakes that Toño had, please. Like, that were, like, blatant mistakes. <laughs> what did you think about, what's it called, uh, Diva playing over 
Oru Isenio. I think he's the right the right call because you know he's been starting the whole season. You don't want to you don't want to experiment in the Liga game. Even though I thought Busetich was gonna come out with a five man backline because I thought he was just gonna try to play defensive the whole game and he wouldn't have minded carrying it all the way to PKs. But I think Diva was the right call. He didn't play with Mexico, so he wasn't really uh, like maybe injury prone or whatever. Yeah. So I I, I thought it was okay call. Um, Boya, say, Boya played, so. Yeah, yeah. I will say Thiba, I'm glad he didn't go with five in the back because we saw it didn't work out. I don't. I think there's. I can understand it. Like if you play a certain team, like damn, this team's offensively is just on another level than us. Like yeah, sure, go with a five back line. Then you have a reason. But I feel like when you're the favorite. There's no reason to go. Then it wouldn't look right, and it wouldn't feel right for the players either to like try to hold on to a zero-zero lead at home, a zero-zero yeah. tie at home. So I think he did the right thing, and I think Diva played a, a good game. Iramir, outstanding again. Um, and then Diva had to, almost had the play of the game. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, what about that run? What about that run he made? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not mad at them. I, I, I like. I think Buriseño is a good center back. But it's hard. It's like I can see why they keep going with Diva and why he hasn't done anything to like really lose the job, especially being so young. There's no reason to to fault him and take away the starting job if he hasn't really lost it. Yeah, it's um, I I think the right call. Um, I think I don't know the player that kind of gets lost is uh Conejito in this system, but we don't really have a player to to replace him. I guess Conejito to me, he's not. I don't know. To me, he's just not. He's well. He's not what he was, which is uh, yeah. Which I mean, we've been saying this for years. For yeah. Probably it feels like years now. But I think the one advantage that he has as a player is he's played. He can. He's pretty much played all over the field. Defense on the wing, left wing, right wing, mid middle, behind the striker, right back. And I think that's his. That's why he's still. He's still in uh, in the starting eleven is because they can move him around within the game. And we don't have anyone to really take his spot, to be honest. Yeah, they would, they would have to put in like um, one of the Tapati or the U twenty U twenty kids. I don't see that happening. The U twenty just made it to the semifinals, right? Today. Yeah, I think they so. Tigres. Yeah, I just turned on the Tigres and Taluka game. I think I think you want to say I just turned on the recorder. We haven't been recording. No, no, no. <laughs> Tigres is winning two one. Against and... who? Against the Luca, Tigres is winning two. Yeah. And somebody had just got sent off, but they re- rescinded the red card after VAR, I guess. But yeah, I mean, was probably Guignac. <laughs> he he has a yellow, I think. I was watching it before, but I turned it off. It's Ligia time. They will never send them off. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, will, it will be yelling at the at the referees, and they won't care. <laughs> but I'm now I know. Well, we don't really know who Chivas is going to play in the in the in the Liguilla now because it's pending result pending the results from the Tigres and Toluca and then Rayados and Puebla. But assuming Tigres wins and Rayados win, which is what I think is going to happen, we're we'll pro- we're probably going to end up playing uh, Pumas. Yeah, the only team for sure is we know we won't be playing. Um, we can't play Leon. Yeah, we can't play That's Leon. For sure. So it's one of the three teams. Other Which three is good, because Leon is the team I want to avoid until <laughs> we have to play them, you know? Until Macias is back and can take his <laughs> Wait, where is Macias? Do we want Macias back? Where is he? 
I don't even. I don't remember what happened to him. Yeah, hurt again. I think they they were going to take him to this match and then they forgot him <laughs> at the bus stop. He re-aggravated whatever injury it was that kept him out. Oh my god! I, I, I'm over here thinking Alexis Vegas coming back also, and I just realized I forgot he's out too. Yeah, for like the whole thing. Four to six weeks. He's done pretty Damn. much. Damn. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, right? Was that happening? No, I mentioned it a little, but yeah. That's I was telling Melissa crazy. on Mon- on Monday it all went to shit because it was. The Vega injury, then Shorty had COVID, the uh-huh. and then Licha was missing on the team team sheet. So, like, in so a matter of, like, t- two hours, like, yeah, she wasn't well, just fell apart. <laughs> so, what do we know about JJ? Is he, is he, will he be back? I don't know. They don't know. I haven't seen the update. But I think they said he'll be ready for the second leg of the next round. So, next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. So... We're probably gonna play Puma, so he'll be ready for El uh, Atso. I'm not worried about Pumas. Yeah, so this the, the things that need to happen, I think. So Tigres and Rayados win, we play Pumas. If Tigres or Rayados one of them loses, we play um, America. And if Toluca and Puebla somehow both win, we would play Cruz Azul. I think. Probably America's the team I don't want them to play right away. Yeah, not no. Even though Macias has been kind of bad for us, I feel like I'd want Macias for that. For yeah, for I'll take Pumas. Pumas, yeah, I'll, I'll take. Pumas. And I'm not scared of Cruz Azul either, man. Even though they beat us, I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about Cruz Azul or Pumas. I'm not worried about any of the teams. To be <laughs> Bring on whoever, whenever it don't matter. We got them. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I thought Chivas could have beat Pumas when we played them in the regular season. So, and that was with Talavera, I think. Now that they don't have Talavera, so they're gonna have a second goalkeeper in there. And you know, Chelo's Chelo's done a decent job. So I think if they keep playing him, I won't be mad, even if Macias is healthy. But I don't think there's any way they they willingly keep Macias on the bench. If he's healthy, he's gonna play. I'm checking the the medical report and there's no like estimated time for him to return. They just said that they will discharge him according or depending on how he does, but there's yeah. not like an estimated time. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Macias comes back and kind of ruins, not ruins, but disrupts the the groove that Chivas has going, the style well, they I, play. Maybe, but at the same time, I feel like. He can give them like that boost of um, that morale boost, you know. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we got Macias back. Yeah, so Chelo would get benched, obviously, if, if Macias yeah. comes back, right? I think so. I don't think anybody yeah. else. Well, yeah, no, nah, Angulo's. He looks. He pretty much got himself in the starting now. But I don't think they would bench Venezuela. I don't think they'd bench Antuna. Yeah, no, nah, I think it's it'll be Chelo. Isn't, isn't it crazy that for the men's team we're kind of like. If we don't have our main striker, it's like, eh, you know, it might be okay. And on the women's <laughs> side, we don't have our striker, it's like panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have Licha, then the feminine is in trouble. Yeah, we definitely need to improve our depth in that position. <laughs> and also, I mean, maybe like the second option was Yashira and then she was out. And then yeah, we ended up with Popotes Velasquez, who had like a double knee surgery. <laughs> I, I saw that tweet. I, I, I didn't know... She had had a double knee surgery, but I saw a tweet that why is she playing? She has no kneecaps. I was, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean that's how bad things were. <laughs> um, predictions for uh, 
Well, we don't know who we're playing, so we can't really do predictions. Two one Chivas. <laughs> Two one Chivas first game, and then zero uh, zero second game. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who we're playing. No matter who we're playing. Chivas um, win. All right. So you know, it's good for you know, good for the men and the women to be in league. Yeah, I think that's the takeaway from these last couple of games for both of them. And I guess we're just going to see what happens, right? Yeah, anything can happen. The women are chasing their second title and the men are chasing their 13th title. I feel... I don't know if I feel confident about a title for Chivas. <laughs> but I will, I'll just say, like, it's... Like we said it, like, it's a, it's a new season now. Like, all these... The regular season no longer matters. Now it's these next whatever, how many games you, you stay in it for. And we brought Wusatich in for this, even though I wasn't happy with some of his subs, but... But this is what he was brought in, so let's see if he is. Oh, he is take, who, they, who they say they are. Taking out Cello with, like, PK still For a real? possibility was worrying. I was like, wait, what the hell? Because I was, um, I, I forget what gif I was making or whatever. And then I saw people, I saw the Chivas tweet that he took out Saldivar, and I was like, wait. I was like, he just took out Cello with the possibility of PK still there? Like, who was going to shoot a PK if Nikaxa had somehow scored? Because Oribe, even Oribe wasn't on the pitch, was he? Nah, but you would have been able to bring him on. He would have, but they would have been worrying. Like, he took out, who else had he taken out? I think Antuna came, did Antuna come off? Somebody came off that could have taken a PK. It was weird. That cello sub, I was like, what are you doing? He took out Molina. Oh, Molina. Molina would probably get a PK. In the midfield, I think. No, important that Lalo Torres. Yeah. I was happy he didn't get a red card again, like last time. Five minutes into the first team red card. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, I, think... what, I mean, what they've been saying with Busetich is that he plays with a librito, like he's <laughs> he goes by the book. Yeah. But I mean, that also can get like either predictable or it can may not necessarily be like the best decision depending on how the match is going. So that's kind of like maybe the the worry with him. Yeah, I I can see that. Oh, I I know the perfect thing to end this part on. Um. Matias's team got eliminated from uh, MLS playoffs today, and at the end of the the game, they interviewed him, and he said that he needs a couple of days to consider his future and what he's going to do. So he's already teasing Chivas fans about a potential comeback. Damn! So you want Chivas to lose? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No. Sacrifice Busetich. I mean, maybe Busetich wins the championship, and then he's like, you know what? I I proved what I'm I needed to, to prove, and I'm going to retire. <laughs> and I then Matias, and then Matias comes in and just takes over. You know, works out perfectly. Because I think Busetich is also here because he wants redemption. Feels like he, he he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So you know, he'll win the chip, and then Matias just comes in and takes over the team. The perfect plan. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's it. Anything else you want to bring up before we wrap it up? Nah, we're good, I think. Yeah? Yeah, just get ready for all the micro-infarts we're going to get <laughs> with both teams. Yep. So Chivas Femenil will be playing on Friday night. The men's team will be playing either Wednesday or Thursday night. They, the game is not official yet. And then for the second legs... The men will be playing either Saturday or Sunday, and the women will definitely be playing Monday night at Akron. And uh, hopefully on the next episode, it'll be more good news on both ends. 
And uh, we'll see what happens. This has yeah, been I can't wait. Another episode of the Chivas of the Podcast. We are out. Peace.